Well, hello, everybody. This is your friend, Brother Spencer, here. Glad to be here with you guys tonight in the Bible Bunker here for the Monday night live stream. Looking forward to having a good time with you guys tonight. Today, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, the idea of Christian horror movies. We have those now. We have, you know, Christian everything. We have Christian square dancing. We have Christian you know, rock and roll. We've got Christian dope. We've got, I mean, we've got Christian wine collection. We've got Christian everything to the point where it is completely meaningless. And I think that there is a gigantic spiritual danger. And, uh, and I'm just not a fan of that stuff. And I'm going to talk to you about that for just a little while tonight. Please go ahead and smite that like button. And all your dreams will come true during this live stream. And I promise you, I decree and declare it, that uh, that things will happen in your life. Do not email me. That is obviously a joke. There's always somebody who uh, sends me something every time I say that. But I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it because I believe that that's funny and I'm going to stand for what I believe to be funny. <laughs> anyway, so appreciate you guys very much. Got uh, got people making comments. I'm going to go to your comments here. Please leave a question if you got one uh, here in just a little bit. We'll try to get to those. Chris Land Smith says, hello, Spencer Smith. So excited for Third Adam 4. Been binge watching the Third Adam documentaries. Yes, me too. I've been uh, chipping away at Third Adam Four. I'm, I'm at the uh, the final go, uh, where it's it's all about editing now, and it's just putting stuff together. And um, really, if I could if I could put a rough estimate out, I, Third Adam Four is probably seventy five percent finished right now. And uh, so we're working on that. Just please, please be patient and give us time. It just takes time to put these together. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't tell a guy, hey, I want the Titanic built for me, and uh, by the way, I want it in two weeks, and then, you know, just start, you just, you just take, it just takes time, so just give me some time, we'll, we'll make it happen, and it'll be good, so Sal Paso says, Christian horror movies, now that's an oxymoron, yes it is, yes it is, I think so, heavy emphasis on the moron, um, did I say that out loud, I'm sorry, Lord have mercy, that's not very Christian, is it? Sounds like pulp, pop culture. I almost said pulp culture. That's not true. Isn't that a movie? Pulp fiction? No. Anyway, I've never seen it. Sounds like pop culture Christianity is added again. Well, they are. They are. And uh, isn't there an author named, uh, uh, like a Christian version of Stephen King named Frank Peretti? I don't know. I don't know, but that's uh, that's what we're working. I, I, I have to look that up. And so, uh, Yessi Ramos says, take your time, Spencer. Thank you so much. Uh, Jenny said, that's why it's sunk. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, the third out of four is going to be amazing. I got stuff on Joel Osteen, man. I mean, honestly, um, I, I was I was I even posted on Twitter today. I'll show you guys this. Um, man, I, I was there editing a section about Joel Osteen, and I just could not believe the stuff that this man was saying. Um, I'll pull it up on here on Twitter for everybody. Um, I get that out of the picture here. But uh, this is what I posted. I said, uh, editing right now. I am more I am more convinced than ever that Joel Osteen is pure evil, and I I mean that I, I think this man is pure evil. How any Christian could give this ever give this man a pass is beyond me, unbelievable. And so that's a little bit of the uh, behind the scenes edits that we've been doing on Joel Osteen. I'm gonna tell you right now that if if there ever was a man that was a, a minister of hell, it's Joel Osteen. And the problem people have is that they don't see that. 
he uh, he's so sweet and so loving, and, and, and really what he is is affirming, and uh, he affirms you right off into the pits of darkness is what he does. And uh, so, um, yeah, there's, let's see here, there's a couple of the questions here. Robin Panky says, we are ready whenever you are. And uh, thank you, Bruce Galusha says, 75% is almost three-fourths. <laughs> almost is, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Norman Smith, I love your choice in music for Third Adam 3. Well, that's good. I don't get that very much. And um, that's good. So, uh, Nefarious has Glenn Beck at the end, who is a Mormon. Well, that's not good. That's not good at all. And then the notorious Manika Bishop is here. And uh, live and in living color, she's here. Thank you, Manika, for being around. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. And uh, put it extra in, in my sentence. But I, I don't know what's going on there. So, praise the Lord. Anyhow, let's see here. Um, David Smith says, Titanic sunk because there weren't enough CCM artists to keep it afloat. The money wasn't flowing. That's uh, <laughs> That's true. How <laughs> dare you? Yeah, that's right. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna turn up my headset there. How dare you? I can hear that now. Uh, Melanie Johnson said he's an angel of light. That is for sure. That is for sure. <laughs> Excuse me. But uh, Pamela Fay got a good comment here. Um, let's see. The craziness of this comes down to worldview. The reform crowd honestly believes anything goes under the guise of Christian liberty. That is. Um, not so much anymore, but they, they, they did years ago called Young, Restless, and Reformed. Basically, it was a bunch of dudes sitting around drinking whiskey, getting sauced, and talking about Spurgeon. And, I, bro, I'm telling you, I'm not a fan of none of that. I just, I, uh, I t I'll tell you why I, I, I'm not a fan of all that. Uh, it's pretty simple. Let me put you up here, uh, Pamela. I'm going to remove you from the picture here. But um, this is, I'm going to go to Titus 2. And just show everybody this. We're going to get to Mark Driscoll in here in a minute, and this is going to kind of all overlap. Uh, but, man, um, I'm going to tell you that this is uh, this is not good. I, when I got saved, I wanted to live a certain way. I wanted to live right. God changed my heart. The Bible says in verse number 11 of Titus 2, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us. So, so the grace of God teaches us something. The grace of God does not make us go live like some, like the devil and live like the lost world. The grace of God actually does the opposite, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So ungodly, I mean, ungodliness and worldly lust, we shouldn't be a part of all that. Uh, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So that that's, I mean, that's just, plain as day on as the nose on your face man that's just bible christianity it's not a lot of people like to use the word legalism you know you you think i can't smoke crack in a nightclub you, you're a legalist well no i'm not i'm just a christian man what's wrong with you uh I, i'm amazed at some of the things people try to pull today on all that but uh yeah pamela's right there there there's and it's not just it's not just reform some reform people some reform people it's not just them there's there's a bunch of people out there that are into all that um in fact, I would say that they, the Hillsong people and the Elevation people probably live the same way. Um, so anyway, matter of fact, let me just say this about, about a lot of these Christian singers. Um, with this platform that I have, I think we, we just crossed 185,000 subscribers. Uh, I'm getting emails from behind-the-scenes people. And uh, let me just put it to you this way. They are 
they are telling me that I am understating my case drastically. Like I got people that are in the know with a lot of these Grammy winning singers that I've talked about that I've questioned their spirituality. And I have had so much, I mean, just people, people all over the country that don't even know each other have reached out to me on multiple occasions and told me that it is far worse than what I'm even saying as far as these people's personal lives. I don't want to name any names because I just don't do that. Of course. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, but yeah, they're they're they all encouraged me and said you're you're right on track. Keep saying what you're saying because it's not good. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> so uh, Esther says you got a promotion at work. Praise the Lord for that. Um, let's see here. Uh, Abitude says currently rounded up the end of calling evil good. Hard to put it down. The book is full is full has full content. All y'all need to read that. Got it right here. We're gonna be referencing a little bit this tonight. And, um, and that'll be wonderful. Marina says, what's your thoughts on an interdenominational church? I think doctrine matters and whatever doctrine you position you hold to that will determine what denomination you are as a church. And so interdenominationalism is basically saying, we don't believe that any doctrine really matters. And so to me, I think it's a dangerous thing. Uh, matter of fact, I've got lots of good proof on all that, uh, saying it's not good. Matter of fact, I think Billy Graham was the father of all this non-denominational stuff that we have today and uh, it's it's not a blessing not a good thing and uh so it, it just i'm not a fan that's for sure so uh in a few minutes what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about this nefarious movie that's coming out uh, it is a wild wild thing i'll just show you a little bit about it here uh it's it's really creating a lot of waves uh this is the uh the trailer As a for it and it's about some demon possessed guy and whatever uh it, it is a horror movie designed to be a horror movie and uh it is got i mean it is a lot of people are talking about it right now so we're going to talk about that here in just a moment it was released april 14th some people have seen it reached out to me told me what they thought of course and i've done my own digging and i found out what i think as well and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment uh but before we do that we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back Hey guys, your friend Spencer here. A couple years ago, the Lord laid on my heart to do some research into the contemporary Christian music world, and I was astounded at, at what I found. I just found so many unbelievably unbiblical things, even some demonic things that were happening. And the Lord led me to put all that into a book form, and this is the book we have written, Calling Evil Good, The Live Christian Rock and Roll. And as far as books that are dealing with the negative and the dangerous time of the recording of this video and so uh, we want to put this out there and let you know about this book uh, this book will be shipped to your front door by Amazon and we've had so many good reports from all over the world really uh, people saying that man this book really opened up my eyes to the truth of this entire industry and we deal with people like Hulk Hogan Britney Spears Beyonce uh, Amy Grant Alice Cooper Elvis Presley Larry Norman R Kelly Puff Daddy and all the record companies really all together we deal with the, the whole big spectrum. So get your copy today. There's a link in the description below. And I know this book will help you understand the issue better and understand why this is an issue. So God bless you, friend. Hope you enjoyed the book. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and I look forward to many good updates with you in the future. God bless you.
much for being here tonight. Go ahead and smite thine like button. Got 141 thumbs up likes on this video and 447 people watching. Help us out with the YouTube algorithm. Send us a like on this video, and uh, we will uh, we will look forward to that, and we'll give you an update on all that as it goes on. Um, we there's this new movie that just came out called Nefarious, and this is from the ChristianPost.com. Uh, Nefarious from strange ailments to car accidents. The spiritual warfare that occurred while filming these people uh, actually tried to film this movie, and uh, and apparently a bunch of weird things were happening. And I don't, I, I mean, I really don't uh, have any problem believing that at all whatsoever. Uh, but uh, a lot of crazy stuff. But basically, this movie came out. April 14th, 20, uh, 2023, uh, it did pretty well at the box office, and the whole story is basically got some guy on death row who is, uh, you know, he's done some terrible things, obviously, and now he is going to be executed, and they bring in the psychiatrist to deal with him, they bring in uh, some some weird preacher to deal with him, whatever. And uh, finally, they apparently they try to introduce people to Christian ideas and Christian whatever. And apparently the people are really high on this movie, saying it's a big deal. It's backed by the Blaze Network with Glenn Beck. And, um, of course, Glenn Beck, it's, uh, people have told me that Glenn Beck is actually at the very end of the movie, and uh, which that's not good. Uh, so... You know, we'll we'll talk about that for just a little bit. And so Glenn Beck's actually, and, and, you know, and by the way, if you if you, I want to just throw this out there. I know we, we we with my channel, I feel like sometimes I'm I'm repeating myself, but I think it's very important for me to kind of hit the high notes over and over again. But Glenn Beck is a Mormon. There is no way that Glenn Beck is really a born again man, according to the doctrinal statement that he adheres to. So uh, I know Glenn Beck for years has tried over and over again to try to kind of have some sort of spiritual rally in America and uh, tried to uh, get people to, you know, come to Christ and whatever. But the Christ that Glenn Beck is trying to get everybody to come to is not the Christ of the Bible. Can I get an amen right there? That's, that's, you know, something that needs to be said. I don't think many of these Christian YouTubers are saying that, but I'm going to say it because it is a fact. It is real. And it's, uh, that's what we deal with here. We deal, our currency is truth. So a lot of the deliverance crowds getting, uh, you know, excited about this. That's not good, uh, whatever. But let's see here. This is from the evangelical dark web.org, uh, nefarious movie review. And guys talking about how he's a fan of Steve Deese and they, they play the movie trailer here in this, uh, let's see if I can just pull up the, the actual thing. As a fan of here. Steve Deese. Um, so yeah, that's actually evangelical dark web's channel. Whatever. Don't recommend them, but I'm not a fan of these. Whatever. You can go check that out. So basically, there's one guy that has endorsed this movie that kind of tells me a lot about, you know, the direction of this, the leanings of this, uh, the the things they're trying to do with this. And that man is named Mark Driscoll. Now, there is a podcast that hap that was produced a couple years ago uh, that I think it was really good. I thought uh, was very informative, brought you all the all the good information on that, although I don't agree with the organization at all. But there was this podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And um, that is – I'm going to see if I can pull that up for everybody. And um, 
Uh, it's it's very important that everybody see this. It's from Christianity Today, and uh, you can go check that out. The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. I listened to the whole thing over a, a week, and uh, powerful stuff. Really, really interesting. And really, um, I don't think the whole thing was a hit piece on Mark Driscoll. It, it told what happened. Mark Driscoll started a church up in Seattle, uh, got several thousand people there. Uh, man, this church has bloomed out of nowhere in the Acts 29 network, of which I am not a fan of Acts 29 Network has third Adam rent all over it. Um, and it, it showed, you know, what Mark did and how he handled things. There were some things that I agreed with. I thought were wonderful uh, that he did that I thought were right. Uh, but there were some other things that he did. I thought were disqualifying from the ministry. For example, Mark Driscoll, uh, I don't know. It just it's, it's the way he handled himself, almost like he was the quarterback of some juvenile high school football team, and he was real crude. He was real rough. Um, he would stand up and preach, and he would use the word hell, but not talking about people dying and going to hell. He would he would uh, use it in a cuss word sense. Um, he and he he the man. The man said things that were literally pornographic behind the pulpit. And he would he would like he would say things to women who had husbands who were not Christians, and he would from the pulpit graphically describe pornographic things. And if you do this, your husband will probably come to Christ and whatever. Just horrendous stuff that I I would never even say that. I would never even, I, I would never preach that. I don't even talk like that off camera. I I mean that's just that to me that's just. That's horrendous type stuff. But Mark Driscoll did that. Like that's how he acted. Um, he was he was a hothead, and, and the, basically the whole thing exploded on imploded on itself rather. And uh, that's who Mark Driscoll is, and that's why I'm not a fan of Mark Driscoll. Now, I personally think Mark Driscoll is trying to get back in the limelight in a sense that he's going to be kind of a grifter. Uh, a while back, I said there's going to come a time Mark Driscoll is going to kind of step back into the mainstream and try to. Uh, tried to get a kind of a platform again and he's going to start hanging out with Stephen Furtick and whatever and then sure enough about three months later he did exactly what I said he was going to do I'm not a prophet but I just know how this works um, and so Mark Driscoll is a hireling he is a charlatan um, I'm not a fan of his and I recommend that all of our guys um, well ladies too everybody here who's you know part of this channel I would recommend highly that you go listen to this podcast series, "The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill" by Christianity Today. There, there are some, you know, there are some people in there that defended Mark, and I appreciate that. And, and I'm not saying that everything Mark Driscoll did there was bad. There were some things that he that he did that I was quite impressed with. But, um, but I think the man's disqualified from the ministry. No question, no holds bars on that. So that's who Mark Driscoll is. Now, Mark Driscoll is sitting here with a guy named Steve Deese in this video. And Steve Deese is the one, uh, I hope I'm getting his name right, uh, who actually um, produced this film. And uh, and so they're going to talk about why he produced the film, the things that he was trying to accomplish by producing the film, and I'll leave that up there for everybody to see, uh, and uh, just kind of mess with the algorithm a little, a little bit. <laughs> but um, I want to let these guys talk and show you the whole point of this movie. So I watched the whole thing, and it is—it's a Christian-ish film. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, you know, there's no now that right there ought to tip you off. This film, this nefarious film is a Christian-ish film. Um, 
at that point right there, we, uh, you know, bells ought to be going off. Your discernment bells ought to be going off. I like a dove or an invitation to a pray cheesy conversion scene. The I literally put that in my contract. If I was going to sell them the movie yeah. rights, they could not put a cheesy conversion scene in the film. But no, yeah, yeah no. And so maybe. So, yeah. And by the way. So I can't, and I'm, I'm going to agree with Steve Deese here. I can't watch most of these Christian movies. They're just so bad. They're horrible. And um, <laughs> so I, I, I can throw, I can throw a bone to you there, man. I can agree with you on that. Uh, really, I think, um, what is it? The Kendrick brothers, they did, uh, they, they did the movies. I think the Kendrick movies, uh, the Kendrick brothers' best movie was Flywheel, but I think that was the worst acted movie of all of them. There was some horrible acting in that movie, and uh, they did they did call me. I can I can be a good actor, but uh, no. <laughs> but Christian ish film. Tell folks kind of your heart, the intention, the storyline, and then I want to talk about kind of the as Christians the theology behind it because I'm going to back you up mm -hmm. that it's accurate. Okay, so pay very close attention to this. He's going to ask Steve Deese, where did you get the idea for this movie? This is going to blow your mind. Listen to what he says. Well, I was in Washington, D.C., getting ready to do publicity for the first uh, wide-release book I ever published. And I'm in the shower, man, and this voice in the back of my head says to me, this book is dedicated to all the useful idiots out there, especially those of you who had no idea that you were being used all this time. Wow. For you proved to be the most useful idiots of them all, nefarious. And I thought, that's uh -huh. odd. Okay, and yeah. uh, I went uh, and did my p uh, publicity stuff. I get back. So that's to where it started. Yes. You think a demon spoke to you in the shower? I don't. I, I hope not. The man said I was in the shower, and I heard a voice, and and then he goes on to explain the plot of the film, and but he said it. It was a voice that he heard in the shower. <laughs> if you are hearing voices in the shower, you need to quit doing the pot sticks, my man. I mean, uh, where where was my wife? She's putting LSD, She's training all these women to put LSD in their coffee. She she's running a cartel or something. Not good. Yikes! Not good at all. So he says that uh, he says that a voice spoke to him while he was in the shower. That's where he got the plot of the film and the idea of the film. That's frightening. And so they always wanted to see, could we make a movie that was more like a screw tape letters or an omen? It's screw tape letters uh, meets like Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So, so they're explaining it here with uh, the idea of, um, you know, he, he, he explained to him what, they, what they're trying to do with the, the film, what they're trying to accomplish. And you talk about the screw tape letters, which is some C.S. Lewis uh, book that he did a while back that he actually dedicated to J.R. Tolkien. And it's basically like a fictitious film, like a Christian fiction uh, film about uh, the orders of a demon and whatever. And, um, and guys, I just have to ask the question. I, man, um, bro, 
when did C.S. Lewis become some authority on Christianity? He, I mean, I don't understand why, why people are quoting C.S. Lewis. When did that happen? When did, when did C.S. Lewis become a voice for God? I mean, the man was an Anglican. The man was probably a modernist. Uh, he, was, he was really mystical in some of the things that he said. I, I'm not even understanding why these evangelical leaders are suddenly quoting this guy. I mean, I mean the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I mean, I guess you could see some Christian ease stuff in there, but this is the mindset we've all gotten into is that we, we have got to kind of, kind of, instead of preaching the gospel, we have got to kind of give Christian themes throughout the, through fiction. And I'm not sure that that is exactly what God has called us to do. And so that's what he's explaining there in that second, but he's talking about, you know, we're talking, this is a kind of a mix of Hannibal Lecter and whatever. And so they always wanted to see, could we make a movie that was more like a screw tape letters or an omen? It's screw tape letters uh, meets like Silence of the Lambs yes. yeah. kind of yeah. situation. Yep. Yeah, it's not a good description right there <laughs> at all. I, I don't know how we can uh, justify Silence of the Lambs with there, but uh, I don't know how we can merge the two. And, and, and our marketing is... Now, here's, here's what I want you to see here. In this section right here, he's going to explain to everybody how he marketed this film. Now, here's what they said. And this is kind of off, off this little clip that I have. But he says that they don't give a gospel presentation in this film. This film is designed to start a conversation. So you can, you, and you can take your buddy to go see this film, and then he'll get introduced to some sort of Christian idea, Christian concept. And then later on, when you're drinking coffee with them, you can kind of bring up the subject of, you know, Christ and, and maybe talk about uh, whatever. And he, he never even, I don't, I don't recall him in this presentation saying, bring up the gospel, get people saved. That really wasn't a part of this conversation. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to be both. They're trying to be a horror film and a Christian film at the same time. What we are doing is literally the thesis of my book, Calling Evil Good, the Live Christian Rock and Roll. Shameless plug right there. This is what evangelicalism has bought into. This is the mindset and the mentality that we're getting into. And it's very problematic. It causes long-term destruction. And I want everybody to know that this is not how we do this. Our job as Christians is to preach the gospel and quit with this 007 James Bond Christianity trying to sneak the gospel in and through some hidden hand that we're trying to do and give people the truth. That's not how this works at all. I love this. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. That's not how it works at all. Let's let him talk for just a moment. I'll come back with commentary. Intended to bring in the young, pagan, unbelieving horror audience. Yeah, this right? is a psychological thriller. Right. Is really in that genre, and it's it's disturbing and you don't get deep into the faith side or some of it till you're a ways into the story. That's on purpose. So it's, it sort of lures you in. You're like, I, you know, if you would have started with this, maybe I would have got up and left, but I'm halfway in. Yeah. So he even says there, it's, this is marketed to the young crowd who wants to go watch a horror movie. And we're just kind of sneak it in there. And he even says it's not real heavy on the, on the Christian side till later in the film. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to hook you. It starts off and you think that this is a really gripping primal fear, silence of the lambs. Is he insane or is he not? And it, and, and then about 40 minutes into the movie, about the time that you're probably pot committed, you won't get up and leave now probably. And if you do, 
your 15 bucks still counts to our grocer, we're okay with it. All right, by about that period of time, that is now when the, the switch gets flipped and the real message of the film becomes conveyed and the entire script uh, and, and where you think this thing is going to go goes in a completely opposite direction. We made the film very subversively. We are Subversive. marketing the film very subversively. They made the film very subversively. They marketed the film very subversively. Interesting. Other than superhero movies, the only other films right now that are making huge bank at the box office horror are films. horror films. And that is where the young people are. That's where the next generation is. And as the great prophet Sam Kinison once said, we got to move where the food is. Okay? <laughs> that's, where, that's where the people are, and that's where we've got to go, and that's where we tried to go with our movie. Mm-hmm. So... We're trying to go where the young people are. Nothing wrong with that, but they fit. They marketed the movie subversively. They they tried to make the film subversively, which means which is a roundabout way of saying we got we got you. We we hoodwinked you. We lied to you. Let him talk. Other than superhero movies, the only other films right now that are making huge bank at the box office horror are films. horror films. And that is where the young people are. That's where the next generation is. And as the great prophet Sam Kinison once said, we got to move where the food is. Okay? <laughs> that's, where, that's where the people are, and that's where we've got to go, and that's where we tried to go with our movie. That's where the people are. That's where we tried to go with our movie. Now, here's the mentality. And we, we've dealt with this in our book, Calling Evil Good, The Live Christian Rock and Roll. Please feel free to go get it. Link in the description below. What they're doing is they are trying to do a bait and switch, if you will. This is really, this is evangelicalism 101. Um, what they're doing is no different than what John Cooper of Skillet is doing. The idea is that a bunch of these evangelicals got together somewhere around the time of the 1950s or so. So, um, so we got to find a way to appeal to this younger generation. And I want to say that there's something wrong with a generation where the kids have their music and then the parents have their music. That, that's, that's something that should have never happened. Um, kids listen to rock music, dad listen to a certain type of music. There, there used to not be that. But now we have a generation now of preachers that think if we're going to reach young people, we've got to do something different. Than we, ha than we do to reach middle-aged and older people with the gospel. And they forget that the need of a 16-year-old of a is the same need that a 66-year-old has. Now, sure, you know, you, you, maybe you can approach it a little bit different, but the need is still the same. And the problem with using these gimmicks, if you will, is that what you attract these people with is what you have to keep them with. I want you to hear that, okay? What you attract these people with is what you have to keep them with. Now, the, this, is, this is folly, is what it is. It's folly. We dealt in our book, Calling Evil Good, that it doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't result in mass conversions. People are not getting saved uh, at this stuff. Nobody's going to go watch the nefarious movie and get born again. If you believe that, I, I disagree with you vehemently. I met a guy one time who told me that he got saved watching The Exorcist in the movie theaters in the 1970s, and I told him he was a liar right to his face. I don't think there was no death, burial, and resurrection in The Exorcist. There's no way. I mean, you might have got scared, and you probably should have got scared because that movie was scary, but that doesn't mean that that. <laughs> that the Lord uh, moved in your heart. You heard the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You repented of your sins and believed on Christ. Not in that movie. I don't think so. No, not at all. 
I want to tell you that this kind of stuff is ridiculous. It makes a mockery of the gospel. I'm, I'm a person that believes that the church should just be the church, should be the church. Now, as technology progresses, there are going to be new opportunities to give the gospel to people with, with this technology. I am a Christian YouTuber. I have a YouTube channel. I don't mind. I mean, you're watching it right now. This is who we are. This is where we are. I have a Christian YouTube channel. 50 years ago, there was no YouTube channels to have. And I'm actually a filmmaker myself. I understand the power of film. I think people can watch a film and get saved. I think people can watch a film and have their life turned around for Christ. I think many of you people today that are watching this channel as channel members today, you have a testimony that God used one of our films or videos uh, to to help you. It's, many of you have uh, written me and told me uh, how the Lord has used our Third Adam series, especially in your lives, uh, to marvelously change your your family, your home. Many of you have joined independent Baptist churches and doctrinally sound churches uh, because because of the things that we have said on this channel through the medium of film. So I do believe in film. I believe in that. I believe God can speak to your heart through music. I think that God can help you with that. Amen. But not through a worldly film or a worldly set of music. There is a difference there. Now, <clears throat> I want you to hear me. One of the big points of contention that I have with a lot of people, and I'm sticking to my guns on it, is the idea that Christian rock and roll is okay, and it's not. and it never has been, never will be. I mean, there are some guys that are kind of on the edge there. I leave them alone, but these guys that are jumped whole hog into this uh, you know, Christian screamo death metal stuff, I, I just don't think that you're right. I think that you're not doing a good thing. And really the one that I get the most flack over is a guy named John Cooper. Now, I want you to think about this with me. Let me, let me present to you a logical, well-thought-through argument. John Cooper gets up there, and the, the band Skillet gets up there, and they, they blare these speakers so loud. And then somebody, some girl in the back said they're just going to to the drums and just banging the drums. He's he's on the bass guitar. Uh, you know, you got the lead guitarist over there, and he's doing these power chords. I'm just, I mean, and they're just sitting there. Just, and, and John Cooper's running around, dancing all over the place. Looks like some sort of emo clown. Okay. Tattoos up and down his arms, got his eyeliner on. What in the world are you doing there? Whatever. I'm not judging, but whatever. And, and get up there dancing around and go, la, 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 la. And everybody in the audience is going, la, la. And, and we got 40 minutes of chaos. What that is is flesh. It's flesh is what it is. And so you, you get all these teenage boys out there. You, you just, I mean, you were sitting there just hitting those power chords over and over. You got your little, your little wah pedals there and your little, uh, your little, uh, uh, whatever they call it, distortion pedals. And you're just, you're rocking the place. And then later, after 40 minutes, 40 minutes of hyping this crowd, getting them excited and jacked up, and bringing them to the cusp of some demonic hellish trance akin to something that Rob Zombie does. 
you stop the show and say, all right, everybody, let me take a moment here and tell you about Jesus. <laughs> all right. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is rad. I don't think people are getting saved. I don't think people are getting saved in spiritual help. At John Cooper concert. It's, I, that's not the Holy Spirit that's working in these people. You cannot, you cannot sit there and, and just over and over and over with, with this We Will Walk as Lion song. We will walk as lions. They're just oh, like, you know, let me just thrashing it out and then stop the show and say, by the way, Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And they expect everybody to just get born again. It's folly is what it is. It's wickedness is what it is. Now, here's the question I want to give to everybody. Please listen to me. And I appreciate you guys uh, laughing at my uh, <laughs> laughing at my uh, rock and roll impersonation. You want to reach young people who like rock and roll music, so you, you get a John Cooper in there. Because young people like rock music. John Cooper can do rock music. John Cooper's a Christian. Let's just, let's just make this whole thing happen. Okay, I understand where you're going. I understand that. But what are you going to do with people that, like, you know, you want to reach whoremongers? What do, you, what, do you do with, what do you do with that crowd? Does the same logic apply? You, you got young people who like rock music, so let's use rock music. You got people who are whoremongers, so let's, um, what do we do there? Most people won't answer that question because they know how ridiculous the answer would be. You got alcoholics. You're trying to reach alcoholics with the gospel. So um, what do you do? Do you bring in the Jim Beam? I mean, do you, do, you just, do, you, do you have Jim Beam cater your church service? What do you do? That's not how this works. Not at all. We are called as Christians to reach people with one thing, and that is through the preaching of the gospel. That's it. Now, there are ways in which you can preach the gospel that are counterproductive to the message. Now, let me let me give a Bible verse here real quick, okay? Let me pull this up for everybody. I'm going to type in the word perish. P-R-S-H-I. And I want I want you guys to hear this because this is this is very important. The Bible says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved is the power of God. Here's what I want you to see here as well. For it is written, the, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring into nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of a John Cooper concert to save them that believe. It pleased, it pleased God by the foolishness of a nefarious horror movie to save them that believe. That, that's, not, that's not what God said. God said that he would save them that believe by the preaching of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel. And I, I know people get on to me all the time about Christian rap stars. I, listen, I mean, yo, the death, burial, resurrection of the big J man upstairs. Yo, yo, yo. I just, people are not getting saved at these concerts. No, they're not. 
I just don't think that God uses that. He uses preaching. Now, I'm going to say this as well. I've I've been a part of many. I mean, I've I'm an independent Baptist, and a lot of independent Baptists like to use promotion. I don't think promotion is a bad thing. I, I don't think that uh, you know. I mean, we used to run the bus ministry years ago. I, I've been involved in bus ministry forever, um, and there was you know like, hey, bring a friend and get some candy Sunday or whatever. You know, I mean, there was there was all that kind of stuff, and and then these people would come to get candy, and then they would get the gospel, and 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 that's in a sense similar to what these people are doing, but the draw is a is something that's benign. Not something that's inherently immoral. This is this is where the difference is. Like, hey, come to church and have a free meal. We're 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 cooking steaks, and we're gonna have all the men in the community come to church, and we're gonna cook steaks for the men. Uh, and then after after everybody's there and eating, we're gonna preach to them. I mean, I, the Lord Jesus did that when he fed the five thousand. He he fed these people so that they would stay, so he could preach to them. The Lord, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. Jesus did that. But Jesus didn't act out some sort of Shakespearean play and and do some sort of, I mean, he, did, he wasn't doing like some David Bowie concert to get people to stay so that he could preach to them. I mean, could you imagine him, him saying, guys, now wait, don't leave real quick. We're going to have David Bowie come out here and sing it. We're going to have Ozzy Osbourne come sing a song, and afterwards we're going to give you a message. He, you know, he, he, he didn't do that kind of, because that kind of stuff is inherently wicked, just by the very nature of it. And so this whole idea, we've got we to reach the young people by, by trying to appeal to their worldly flesh and, and worldliness. That is, that is folly. That is not what God's Word clearly teaches. I'm getting in trouble with a lot of people. Amen. Y'all got to help me out. I, I need some. I need some thumbs up on this video. I, I'm. I'm losing my confidence. And um, whew, y'all pray for me. I'm trying my best to articulate this well, folks. Listen, God has ordained the preaching of the cross, and. If you want to try to reach people, the only way it's going to be done is through the preaching of the gospel. Not through some fleshly, worldly means like rock and roll. And by the way, if you don't think, if you think that music is amoral, or you think that these movies are amoral, I mean, you got some guy in the film acting like he's demon-possessed, and that somehow... Somehow people are going to get under Holy Ghost conviction because they saw a guy get demon, you know, sit there and oh, I'm a demon in a movie, and then all of a sudden they get convicted and get born again. If you if you really think that, I need to talk to you about your salvation. I uh, I led a couple to the Lord. They came to church, been coming to church for a couple weeks. I led them to the Lord the other day. You, you know. And it's funny because we, uh, you know, had a church member that was bringing them to church, some co-workers of his. He brought them to church, and they uh, they came, and they'd, you know, been hearing preaching for a few weeks, and our pastor had been preaching. Um, they, I met them. I talked to them. And I, I just asked them point blank. I said, are you guys saved? And they both looked at each other and like, you know, um, I, I, you know, and they were, I could tell they didn't understand what I meant. So I explained to them what being saved was. 
and they both looked at each other and, and he looked at me and he said, no, I'm no. And she told me, she said, no. And so I, I sat there, took my Bible with them right after church. Uh, and I tried to give them the gospel the best I could. I tried to explain the gospel to them the best I could. And, uh, and I said, guys, listen, please keep coming to church because I could tell that they, they were, there was a little bit of things that they didn't understand. And I was okay with that. That's fine. They weren't, I guess they weren't ready. Um, but I gave them the gospel. I didn't hand them a John Cooper CD. I gave them the gospel. I didn't hand them some Christian film. I gave them the gospel right from the Bible, from the word of God. I opened up a, a Bible with white pages and black words, and I read to them the scriptures from the word of God. And then we ended up giving them our, um, our Bible topic guidebook. Gave, I, 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 Johnny keeps all our inventory for me and uh, he mails all that stuff out for you guys and um, I said hey bring me two of those books I'm going to give them to this couple and so I gave them to the couple um, actually they came to church a couple weeks later and uh, actually this Sunday they came to church I was there and I gave them that book and uh, gave them some gospel tracts a couple weeks before and whatever after church Sunday morning that couple came to me and asked me, they, I, I, didn't, I didn't go to them, they came to me, and they asked me, can you explain to us again what it is to be saved? And I went through it again. And I asked them, do you guys want to be saved? And both of them said yes. And I was able to pray with both of them right there on the spot, and both of them got saved. The Lord changed their life. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about two adult people. What what did that? It wasn't some stupid movie. I mean, they, they didn't get they didn't get troubled about their soul and start seeking me out so that I could explain to them the gospel again because some Hollywood film produced by Glenn Beck of you know, some Mormon guy and some bunch of crazy actors who I mean I mean are, are getting on set and flopping around like some demon possessed crazy that's not what brought them to the gospel it's not what brought them to Christ it was the gospel that did that and you people listen to me you people that rely on these means you frighten me because it makes me wonder do you believe that the gospel can work? Do you believe that the gospel has the power to save people? Do you believe that preaching can get the job done? I mean, they throw around that, that phrase, sola scriptura, but I, I don't think these people believe it. I just don't think a lot of you guys believe that. The word of God works, and it don't need John Cooper's skillet music to help it. Quite frankly, I think skillet music hinders it. I think, I, think it. I think skillet music is an enemy of the gospel. And so is Lecrae, and so is Lauren Daigle. I think these people, they claim, they claim that they're trying to help, but they're hurting, and then it really proves that they, are not, they don't want to help. So when I see... You know, guys like this talk about we subversively filmed, uh, marketed this. And that's where we tried to go with our movie. I mean, we subversively, we didn't want people to know that this was a Christian movie. So we just kind of tried to sneak the gospel in, you know, because we're just 007 Christians. And, and that's exactly what John Cooper and all these other guys are trying to do.
it starts off and you think that this is a really gripping primal fear, silence of the lambs. Is he insane or is he not? And it, and, and then about 40 minutes into the movie, about the time that you're probably pot committed, you won't get up and leave now probably. And if you do, your 15 bucks still counts to our grocer. We're okay with it. Yeah, that's fine. All right, by about yeah. that period of time, that is now when the, the switch gets flipped and the real message of the film becomes conveyed and the entire script uh, and, and where you think this thing is going to go goes in a completely opposite direction. We made the film very subversively. We are marketing the film very subversively. Mm-hmm. We made the film subversively. We marketed the film subversively. Which means this, that they, um, they tried to hide the cross. That's what, they're, that's what they did. Boy, a lot of people are going to get mad at me over this one. A lot of people are going to get mad at me over this one. Is everybody okay? I, I'm, 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 about to, I need to, I'm about to take a break. I'm, I'm afraid to, though, because some of y'all get mad. But, friend, I'm going to tell you right now, when these people get up there and they're trying to... Uh, jam for the lamb and rock the flock and all this kind of stuff you're not helping you know and and one thing john cooper says that i really agree with him on is a pastor should stop trying to be cool i agree with him a thousand percent but i think christians should stop trying to be cool and hip and dope and fly and rad and all this stuff too i i think the same thing of christian people and, and, and I'll tell you this, the gospel doesn't need to be made cool. Stop trying to help the gospel out. Just preach it. Just give it. I mean, just, just give the gospel. Why, why do we have to subversively market our music? I mean, I remember when uh, Creed was a <laughs> was, came out. I mean, I was in high school. And I remember, I remember, I was a, I was like a sophomore in high school, Tequila High School, Tequila Georgia. We were all in the weight room with the football team lifting weights, and somebody went over there and put in that uh, that CD uh, of Creed. Can you take me higher? And it was, it was just whiny trash, is what it was. Um, and there was a Southern Baptist kid who goes, "Man, I really am so happy, so happy that if finally a Christian band is getting the exposure that we deserve." I looked at him, I said, what? He said, yeah, Creed is a Christian band. I said, I had no idea. And I started listening to our song, you know, Can You Take Me Higher? That, that's not, that's, that's not Christian. That's, that's what, what Mark Driscoll said about this film. It's a quasi-Christian film. Is it the same thing I thought about Creed, quasi-Christian music. There's no mention of the of Christ. There's no mention of the gospel. And he even said he didn't want a conversion scene in this film. Well, I mean, then what were you wanting? What were we going for here? What was the goal of this? And why were we trying to do this? It doesn't make sense to me. I think if you want to give people... The gospel, I think if you want to, I really, I think if you have a heart to see people saved, and I think every born-again person does, and if you don't have that heart to see people saved, then I don't know what you're even doing. I think you need to step away and do something else. But if you have a heart to see people saved, this is not the way to do it. Trying to, uh, trying to create some horror movie 
and trying to find some way to sneak a Christian message in right at the very end. Sneak it in there. What in the world? I, I just, I, guys, I think the methodology of evangelicalism is wrong. I think this whole idea of, hey, come on out to the rock concert. We're going to have a rock concert in the community. And by the way, after about 30 minutes of rock and roll music, when we done got you hyped up and all this wah, 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 music, we're going to try to get you saved. After we've done got you into some sort of demonic fleshly tizzy, we're going to try to get you saved. There's a lot of ways my mind could go on this, but I mean, it's like, it's like, okay, hey, all, we're going to have all the drunks in town. I mean, all, all you people at the, at the Alcoholics Anonymous, y'all come over to the church. We're going to get about 40 drunk people together, and uh, we're going we're gonna to have an open bar at the church tonight. Come on in here and get a bunch of whiskey and Jack Daniels to get you. We got, we got the wine coolers for all you effeminate beta males, too. You can have one of those. And uh, got the Mike's Hard Lemonade and got the, you know, we, we don't have the Bud Light because, you know, we, we're, we're Christians. You know, we don't serve Bud Light anymore because, you know, that you know that's the gay beer now. <laughs> Uh, so we're not doing it. We're not doing all this. So we're, we're come on over. We got the Jack Daniels and the whiskey and everything, and we're gonna bring all the drunks in here and uh, let them get totally wasted. And once I mean, once they've downed a whole pint or two, and they got sauced and totally drunk, then we're gonna sneak the gospel in there to them. <laughs> How about this? How about, how about we take these? This is just a, a cup, but this is water. This is my water. I'm drinking off camera. But how about this? Let's do this. I got a real clever idea. Let's 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 get all these beer drinking alcoholics together, and let's take gospel tracks and shove them at the bottom of these cups, and then pour beer over it. Then out as they're drinking the beer, as they get to the bottom, they they lift up their lid and they they, they actually can read the gospel on the bottom of a beer mug. Wouldn't that be great? We can just we can just tape it down in there. They'll once they get to the bottom of the beer barrel, a uh, beer cup, they'll see John three sixteen for God so loved the world. They gave his love God, so they'll be like, "What? Oh!" And then they'll get saved. That's a great idea. It's a great idea. Let's do it. Why don't somebody do it? You you don't do that because you know it won't work. Because you know that's not how this works. But then why are you doing that with the gospel, with music? Why are you putting Christian rap stars? And, and, and you know, we're going we're to, you know, I mean, that's what Michael Todd and all of them are doing. Y'all remember Michael Todd? We did a video about him the other day. And he's, uh, Michael Todd, if there ever was a human being who is incredible, by the way, I, I did a video on that the other day, and I'm wearing the same shirt in that one that I was in this one. But uh, that's that's quite interesting. But Michael Todd of Transformation Church is he, they they talk about there was a, a sermon that came up the other day. I'll show you who Michael Todd is. There was a sermon that came up the other day where, um, and I'd have to get all the information later on this. Forgive me, I can't remember exactly what it was. But the guy was up there talking about, excuse me, but he was talking about strippers. And he was he was saying stuff like, you know, we don't do this on strippers anymore. And then he then he kind of flipped the script. He said, The only the only stripper that I do this on now is Jesus. That's what I mean, the man literally said that. 
It was it was a man preaching for Michael Todd. I thought that's blasphemous. What in the world are you people talking about? And he said, because Jesus was stripped of his clothes so that he could die on the cross for me. And so he's the only stripper that I own today. Are you people insane? Now, you, you, you agree with me that that's bad, but you won't agree with me that, you know, this Christian rock and Christian rap is bad as well. Listen, do you see you see what I'm saying? The method in which you preach the gospel matters. It really does. Um, let's see if I can find. Here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, this is this is very important. You guys get this, okay? I'm going to show you the fruit of evangelicalism. I want you to hear what this guy said. This is Tim Ross. Um, pull up for everybody. Uh, Pastor Tim Ross works along Pastor Mike Todd, Transformation Church, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Snippet from a recent sermon, Pastor Roch Preach, where he refers in this sermon as bread compared to biblical manna miracle, then continues to refer to Jesus as a naked stripper who puts bread in my pocket. Right, let's just. He ain't the first one to make it rain. I mean, Literally, he's not the first one to make it rain. Who the first person? Okay, and they, and they just. We don't make it rain on strippers. We only reverence one stripper, and that's the one that took off glory to put on humanity and then get butt naked on a cross. And I don't, I don't even like that he said that. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I, I don't, I don't know how you could say that you know Christ and start talking about on a stripper named Jesus. This is this is lewd, crude insanity. Matter of fact, I, I need to put it to you this way: This is not lewd, crude insanity. This is evangelicalism. Now, when you when you hear that, I'm not going to play it again. I, I can't. I just I, I'm just blown away that anybody would even say that. But when you when you realize when I, when you realize that Spencer Smith stands against Christian rock and roll because that that road is not going a good place. This is down that road. What I just showed you him likening Jesus Christ to some stripper is a few clicks down the road from John Cooper. Now, I, I, I'm going to give John Cooper the uh, benefit of the doubt and just say that, uh, hey, uh, you know, he probably wouldn't even stand for that. But my point being, this is this is a problem. When we're taking Jesus, who is holy, and we're trying to attach worldly things to him, we got the word Christ. Let's have Christ and beer. So let's have Christian beer. Let's have Christ and oh, I don't know. Let's uh, let's let's take a Tupac song and just shake a little bit of the profanity out of it and attach it to Jesus. So now we have Christian rap. Okay, let's see. Let's try something else. Okay, let's uh, yeah, let's uh, let's take an Ozzy Osbourne song and let's just uh, let's erase the uh, the the mentions of Aleister Crowley and take this this uh, heavy metal song and just attach it to Christ. Now we have Christian metal. 
It doesn't work. Christ is holy. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is set alone. He is above all that. He is not attached to sin. And his gospel needs no help. His gospel needs no help. And quite frankly, I'm going to tell you this, the Bible needs no help either. All you scholars who never let a soul to Christ sitting there trying to figure out a way to dodge the derivative copyright law creating another English translation every 30 seconds. I don't know how many different ways you can translate John 3.16 without messing it all up, but somehow you guys find a way to do it. I just tell people to stick with the King James Bible. This is the folly of evangelicalism and evangelical methodology. Evangelical methodology is one that says that the ends justify the means, and so the means that we use don't really matter, but the means that you use in this arc, in this fight matter. You can't, you can't use if you if you got people that are excuse me, I'm You cannot, you, you cannot use sin to reach sinners and expect God to honor it and bless it. You can't use beer to reach drunks. You can't use cocaine to reach drug addicts. I mean, I, I really, I've, I've asked a lot of people, what do you do with guys that are into like deep sexual sin? Do you use prostitutes, Christian prostitutes to try to give them the gospel? I mean, somebody the other day told me that that was something that they tried to, like, uh, I, I forget who it was. Somebody told me the other day that uh, DMX would try to do stuff like that. I'm just thinking, that's that's so dumb. And what, what, do you, what do you do with people that are in the sexual sin? Do you, use, do you use harlots to try to reach them? I mean, what do you do? You just preach the gospel. You say, well, if I preach the gospel to that guy, he won't get saved. You don't know that. You, you say that but be, as if you don't believe the gospel has the power to save. And I'll, I'll tell you what I think it is. I'll add this to it. I go to Romans 1.16. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, I want you to hear this, okay? Listen, Paul just stood up and said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Now, back in his day, the gospel was the most controversial message that could ever be preached. And I really think even today it's the most controversial message that could ever be preached, telling the world that they are lost and they're, they're against God and they're, they're, they're monsters of iniquity and are hell-deserving sinners. And they, like Jonathan Edwards preaching, sinners in the hands of an angry God, they dangle over hell like a spider. And the only thing that's keeping you from falling off at a moment's notice is the, is the goodwill of an incense God that you have dreadfully provoked. And if you'll repent and trust Christ, you can be saved. That right there is an offensive message. But you know what Paul said right there in Romans 1.16? He said, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. Listen, if you try to be a Christian, there's going to be a scorn that's going to come along with it. I, I can't tell you how many people, I mean, I, I, I've traveled a lot, guys. Y'all don't realize, before I ever became kind of a YouTuber, I mean, I was on the mission field three or four times a year. I mean, I, I've made 
20-something trips to Kenya. I've been in Uganda seven times, I think. And I mean, just that, that was my life, traveling overseas, traveling in America, meeting people, just, just going around traveling as an evangelist. I have met so many people in restaurants, and we'll strike up a good conversation, and everything goes well until, until they find out that I'm a Christian. And all of a sudden, they... Things get weird. And in my flesh, I understand, man, if I, if I had just not said that I was a Christian there, man, I got, we, we would still be having a great conversation. But when I told him I was a Christian, I killed this wonderful conversation that we were having, and it's just a shame. Uh, just And after, after a while, I, my, my flesh kind of thinks, man, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to stop being a Christian. Of course, that would be ridiculous. I mean, that's just that's not even possible. But I just, in my flesh, sometimes I, I had struggled through the years to try to keep it on the D, on the down low. But I knew I couldn't do it. I knew I couldn't do it. So I just accepted that this is the reproach. And there's no way to make this cool because the world doesn't care about Christ. But I think it's time that God's people just be like Paul and say, you know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It may make me the weirdo on the workplace, but I'm going to stand for the gospel. It may make me the weirdo at the family reunion, but I'm going to stand for the gospel. It may make me the weirdo everywhere I go, but I'm just going to stand for the gospel. I'm just going to keep preaching it, just going to keep saying it, just keep doing what I'm doing, just keep going. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I don't even know how long I've gone tonight. But folks, this is, this is the problem today. Hear me, please hear me. Contemporary Christian music and all of these Christian rap stars, Christian rock stars, and whatever, all that is is a fleshly attempt to lessen the reproach of being a Christian. That's all it is. This is a fleshly attempt by fleshly men to try to downplay and lessen the reproach of being a Christian so that it's not as awkward. When the truth be told, we just need to be the weirdos that Jesus has called us to be. Be the peculiar people. Maybe I'll just I'm type that word. That's a good old King James Bible word. Per, per, I don't even know how to say it. Peculiar people. Let's see. I, I know I spelled that wrong. Um, people, let's type that one in. It's in Peter, I know it is. I can't spell peculiar. Forgive me for my ineptitude. I was a North, I was a C student from North Georgia, and uh, here it is, First Peter two nine. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who have called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now the problem is today we're trying to we're trying to not be either one of those. We're not trying to be a holy nation. We're not trying to be a peculiar people either. I'll copy paste that word. See this First Peter two. That's to the Jewish nation, but even in Titus here, this is for the church. It says right there, looking for that blessed hope and glory. Matter of, this boy, this just thank you, Lord. Hey, man. 
this just ties in beautifully. I wasn't planning on this, but this just this just worked out so well. I started in Titus 2 for this live stream. I think I might land this live stream in Titus 2. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem from redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. <laughs> Zealous of good works. Now here, here's what I want to show you, okay? The peculiar people are the people of verse number 12. People that deny ungodliness and worldly lust. I think that rock and roll music and heavy metal and rap and all that and and and, and horror movies are ungodly. And I think that the people who watch that, they do so because they have worldly lust. I don't know why people like to be scared. They like to be drawn up in some demonic frenzy. I don't know why people like that. But I think that all that is ungodly, is worldly lust. And I think that if you're going to be a Christian, you need to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And if you do so, verse 14 is true. You'll be a peculiar people, zealous of good works. That, that, that is Bible Christianity. And if you're not willing to be different, then you cannot make a difference. If you're not willing to be different, then you cannot make a difference. Now, guys, I want to – now, look, I, I know that I'm like the odd duck, especially in the YouTube space. I understand that. I understand that. I understand that these other guys are not going to say anything about it. I understand that. And they, can do, they can do whatever they want. I'm, I'm not mad at them. But their silence is deafening. And I understand I, they can't cover everything all the time. But when it comes to stuff like this, when I see that – Mark Driscoll is for this, then I, it makes me wonder a lot. And folks, that's that's what it is to be a Christian. That's what it is. And I, I want to say this. Uh, Phyllis uh, just said this. And I think it's a good comment. Thank you, Phyllis, for this great comment. She said, uh, glad you bring this stuff out. I'm glad you show just how blasphemous and disrespectful these people are toward our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I I, I, I hate to even show it, Phyllis. I'm sorry. But when this guy, like, here, you know, talks about, you know, Jesus is the only stripper I'm in love with. And he, and he says, I mean, I, I, I can't even, I don't even want to play that again. That's just, that's just gross. I can't do it. That's what we're, that's where we are, man. Not a fan of it. But that's how it goes. And listen, if that, if that, uh, if what I've said tonight buries me, then show me where the grave is. I'll, I'll go lay in it gladly. This is where we've come. And somebody's got, to, somebody's got to cry foul on this stuff. And I think I will. We're going to take a quick break, and um, we'll be right back. Don't go away. When I was 18 years old, I was under terrible conviction of my sin. 
and I didn't understand what I needed to do. I really was lost and had no man to guide me. I went to the grocery store and a book caught my eye and it was called God's Promises for Your Every Need. This is the exact copy of that book, the one that I bought when I was 18. As I was going through the book, I discovered that it really didn't have a whole lot about the plan of salvation in there. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you'll let me someday, I'd like to do a book, something like this, but better. And that being said, the Lord has allowed us to do a book just like that. And we are thrilled to introduce to you guys today the Doctrine Matters Bible Topic Guidebook. This book has over 300 pages of Bible verses categorizing all different relevant topics. What does the Bible say about addiction? What does it say about being afraid? What does it say about alcohol? What does it say about backsliding and baptism, the local church? Uh, what does it say about carnality and character? Uh, we cover topics like finances, money, persecution, preaching, profanity, sobriety, strife, vengeance, unbelief, your thoughts, your testimony, your walking with God worship and witnessing and zeal. All of that is covered in this book. This book contains over 2,000 different verses on all these topics. And we encourage you guys to hit the link in the description below and buy one of these off of Amazon and consider buying one for a friend or a family member as a gift. And you could buy one for a person who's struggling because this book is designed to help people understand what the Bible has to say about all these great topics. We pray that the Lord would bless you as you get your copy of the Doctrine Matters Bible Topic Guidebook. Hey guys, Spencer here. I've got a great, exciting new book for you guys that you're going to absolutely love. Introducing the Doctrine Matters Bible Study Journal. This is a great tool that we put together for you guys that you can help deepen your understanding of the Word of God. In this book, we put several very helpful quotes about studying the Bible. We've even put a few charts in there about a bird's eye view of the Bible. And then we've even listed Bible verses by topic. Several of these topics include what does the Bible say about the Bible? What does the Bible say about Jesus Christ? What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? The church, witnessing, and even prayer, salvation and other issues like that, uh, man, this is going to be a great help to you. You're going to love this tool. We even put a section in this book on how to study the Bible, a little guide we put together for you guys, just to give you some pointers and some tips in your own personal Bible study. And the rest of the book is line pages for your own personal journaling. You can put in there the things that God has spoken to you about, some of the things that you've seen from the Word of God, and you have the tool now to document document all that yourself. And I'm sure this thing will be a great blessing to you. It is available now on Amazon. There's a link in the description of this video. And I, folks, I know, I know that you will love this. So get one for yourself, for your family, for a friend, and it'll be a great blessing to you. Remember, Doctrine Matters Bible Study Journal, now available on Amazon. And we know that you will absolutely love it. God bless you, friend. And remember, Doctrine Matters. And don't you forget it either. <laughs> God bless you, friend.
right, guys, thank you very much for that. Let me get a few good comments here on the screen, if I may do so. i got a bunch of them. And, uh, by the way, Third Adam 4 is coming. That's what's on the screen there, and I appreciate you guys. Captain Hobo just became a member. How cool is that? Thank you very much uh, for that, Captain Hobo. Uh, $20 Super Chat from uh, St. Delucia. Is that how you say that? And it uh, says, Christian filmmakers aren't trying to help the gospel. We're workmen like backpack makers or shoemakers. God gave us talents to preach Christianity to the glory of God and the further of his kingdom. We're imperfect. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I am a, I mean, I, you can call me a Christian filmmaker too, because that's what I do. But uh, not a Christian horror filmmaker. That's for sure. So I think there's a difference there. That's what I'm trying to say, brother. So appreciate that very much. Um, uh, Michael T. says, I live in Denver. We have marijuana churches here that preach while stoned. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. That's right. Yeah, I, I believe it. I believe it. And uh, Abitu said, God didn't give you gifts to give glory. He gave gifts so that you could go into the lost world and preach the gospel. King James the, <laughs> which has found the Bible. They must hear it clearly preached to get saved. I agree with that 100%. Uh, Juicy Raisin says, I don't like anything scary. Me either. I told my sister if she's going to pick a movie, it couldn't have certain things. She said it might as well put on Peppa Pig for me. <laughs> That's funny. And uh, so filmmakers should not, uh, St. Delucia, Filmmakers should not conform to the world. We should live holy in Christ. And some of us trying to our best to work with our talents as public, uncompromising Christians, we do exist. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. And then Martha Smith says, you're a voice crying in the wilderness. Thank you, Spencer. Do not grow weary in well-doing. We are praying for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And then Pat Edwards says, how can we give to your mission work? Thank you for that, Pat. And I'll tell you real quick, uh, we've got a, uh, uh, there's a link in the description below. You can actually send a, uh, donate to PayPal, and uh, that will be a blessing there. Also, we've got our website, uh, missionaryspencersmith.com. I don't promote it a whole lot, but uh, that's what we've got there, missionaryspencersmith.com, and you can go on there and uh, make a donation if you would like to do so. And uh, matter of fact, that reminds me, i got to do, I got to update a domain name there or something um, for another website that I've got. But, yeah, we've, we've got a lot going on there, and you can make a donation there. That will be a blessing, and uh, we appreciate you guys very much. We have people send, send uh, support to the church all the time, and uh, so we appreciate that. Uh, Uncle Jake Supreme says, celebrate six months of membership. Uh, glad I can help this ministry. Thank you. And uh, appreciate that very much. Um, Hey, Brother Spencer, what will be your schedule for Bible Baptist Church's tent revival May 28th and June 2nd? Um, Let's see here. That's uh, Brother Dave and Jerry. Uh, May 28th and June 2nd. Uh, I'm going to be there on Tuesday and Wednesday of that meeting, Brother brother Dave and Jerry. Um, I'm going to be in uh, Bible Baptist Church in Terre Haute, Indiana, May 30th and 31st is where I will be. And so... Appreciate that. You guys uh, checking that out, going there with us. Brother Bill just walked in. And uh, what's up, Brother Bill? Howdy. Good to see you. Come on in, man. And uh, we're going to we're gonna talk to Brother Bill here a little bit. Y'all say hello to Bill in the comments section. And uh, 
So let's see here. Um, Simply Blessed just said, Your channel through the grace of God is opening my husband's eyes. Thank you for that. And uh, you be, Doreen just said, I used to be in love with scary movies as a kid, but now I get older. It's very demonic. Amen. I agree with that. I don't like them at all. And uh, so Abitude says, We appreciate the boldness of speech God has given you. Please continue to walk in it as is more souls can get convicted and saved. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And uh, Pat Edwards says, Cash App, okay. Cash App is just fine. We got something in the description below. And we have folks that give us that too all the time. And I appreciate that very much. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Julia Peters has a good comment here. Let's see here. Seven months of membership, not important and completely off topic. How do I set up my new debit card for my membership? I cannot figure it out. Well, I'm sorry. Um, once you go, uh, you, you got to do it through Google. So just make sure you get that ready to go and, and you can do it in your browser. It really, th that kind of stuff is best to do on the computer guys. And uh, so let's make that happen that way. That's probably, that's probably the best way to do it. And uh, so Brother Bill, if you want to turn that camera on so we can get you going and, um, so uh, let's see here. Norman Smith said, what are your thoughts on Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA? Um, what's that? I was asked that the other day, too. Yeah. Um, they, uh, let's, let's put our headset on because we, uh, last week, uh, you were too loud and I was too soft. And so it didn't work out real well. But uh, so, yeah, I know. I know. So let me. Uh, Let's see here. I'm going to turn you up. Hello, hello. Count to 10, Brother Bill. How you doing there, Brother Bill? I, I don't know if I can count that high. I don't either. So, <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and go. I'm on. I had, you, I had you off there. I'm sorry, Brother Bill. That's a bit loud on me, though. I'm sorry. Let's uh, let's turn you down. How about that? Is that right. better? Yeah, a little bit. That's a little too low. A little too low? Okay, let's get you. We're producing this show live. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, uh, kind of like the garage band type thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. So there you go. Brother Bill's here. Okay, so let's let's ask this question. What are your thoughts on Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA? Uh, I think Charlie's done some good work. I'm not mad at him. Uh, I just, when they get guys like Sean Foyt involved, I'm out. I'm out, man. I can't do it. And uh, I, I actually was asked to see if, you know, if I was interested in being a part of it to some degree and helping to something. Um, and I, uh, I just told him, I said, no way. And I just, I just, I had to pass. So brother Bill, that, that microphone's all in your face. I can't see your beautiful face. All right. I can't we'll see it like all. This. That'll work. Let's hey. do that. And, uh, I'd hate for these people to miss the blessing. I know. You know, and, uh, <laughs> <Dear. laughs> and uh, so I give unto you a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, uh, so, uh, looking forward to and you preach this weekend, Brother Truth Independent Baptist Church. Amen. We're going to work on that. And uh, my, my schedule is all crazy right now. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to try to work on that. A favorite horror movie is that one where society confuses gender and praises immorality while our money burns. Oh, wait, never mind. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a good one. That's yeah. a good one. And uh, so uh, let's see here. Uh, Charlie Kirk supports gay marriage. That's what they said. So, um, well, with, with uh, if I can say something about him is uh, you got to remember Charlie Kirk is a, a conservative. He is not, you know, he's not a Baptist preacher. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we, we can't hold him to the same uh, standards, and he's going to have some uh, some bad views in some areas. Uh, so. 
you know, if, if you're looking for a preacher, don't go to see Charlie Kirk. If you're looking for just a conservative viewpoint on some of the news stories, then he has some things of value to say. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, and, you know, and he's uh, he's dunked on the liberals for a long time, but that doesn't mean, you know, I, I think sometimes we get too enamored with these conservatives. Yeah. And uh, they're not, you know, they're like 90% conservative, 10% Christian. They're terrible Christians, but yeah. okay, conservatives. And I don't know if that's uh, that's what I want to get into. So, yeah. but uh, let's see here. Michelle C. says, thank you for calling out false teachers. It's beginning to feel like whack-a-mole. <laughs> I can't keep them all straight, but thankfully they show who they are. They do. It, it don't take long. No. It don't take long. And uh, so that's that's a, a big problem that's going on out there today, but that's uh, that's what we're dealing with. Amen. So uh, let's see here. I, got, uh, I don't have any other – if you've got a question or anything, let us know in the comment section. We were talking for a minute ago about um, the – uh, there's a new Christian horror movie that just came out. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait to go see it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> Not. I, I'm going to dodge that one. And, uh, but it's, uh, it was, it was called nefarious. Okay. And basically the idea was like, there was some demon possessed dude in the movie. And then all of a sudden, like they, they flip the script halfway through and give you a Christian message. And, um, uh, I'm just like, no, I might've seen the previews on that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just not what we're supposed to do. Yeah. We're supposed to preach the gospel and all that stuff here. Attitude okay. said, uh, uh, go ahead, brother Bill. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm not sure if that, I saw the previews for that, but the movie I saw was like, you know, some kind of action film where, you know, the guy was shooting, he, he was like supposedly a pastor, but then he went back to his old lifestyle and he was shooting people all the time. And was that a machine gun preacher? I don't know, but it, it was, <laughs> it, no. it was, it looked horrible. I mean, really, I was, I was aghast. I was like, oh, and you're calling this Christian? <laughs> well, that's, we may as well, we've cheapened the word Christian down to everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we may as well just go with it here. Yeah, Christian beer bash, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the same thing. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. And uh, let's see here. I got a, uh, see, there was a question up the road here. But anyway, uh, Abitude says, I love being independent fundamental Baptist because of loyalty to the Bible and commitment to Amen. avoid poison. I wish I grew up in this environment. Mm. I, I agree. So mm. um, let's see here. Got a, uh, <clears throat> got a question from Kirsten. Uh, I'm trying to find this right here. Um, okay, here we go. Here's Kirsten. Uh, once we are saved, we still sin, but are we still called sinners? <laughs> I'll read that again. What do you think, Brother Bill? Once we are saved, we still sin, but are we still called sinners? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, it doesn't say that you're not without sin, and if you have sin, then you're still a sinner. We are sinners saved by grace. Now, the Bible, uh, after we're saved, refers to us as saints as well. But um, but we're all, in in terms of our nature, we are still sinners. In terms of how God views us, he sees us as saints. Right. Okay. And, and the argument I've always done is always a, there's a positional mm -hmm. and then there's a practical. Mm -hmm. Positionally, we are saved. Mm -hmm. Practically, no, mm -hmm. especially you. And uh, <laughs> so, no, but uh, um, I had to say that. I'm sorry. Indeed. Um, but I, I think as, as you know, I think the way it was put to me years ago, I'm saved from the penalty of my sin 
I'm being saved from the power of my sin, and one day Jesus will come and get me, and I'll be saved from the presence of Amen. sin. That's absolutely right. And uh, I think that's the good way to put it. So I want you guys to remember that. Be, I was saved from the penalty of my sin. I'm being saved, as the Lord works in my heart every day, from the power of sin. And then lastly, when Jesus comes to get me, I'll be saved from the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's a blessed way to put it. So Norman Smith says, why do these exorcist movies always depict Catholic priests, but never show independent fundamental Baptist preachers? <laughs> That's a good question. What do you think? Well, it's because all they would do is hand them a tithe envelope. <laughs> <laughs> and the devil would flee. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> you know, I have noticed that though. If it's ever oh, yeah. any scary movie, it's always a Catholic priest. Well, it has to, to be the Catholic priest because we don't believe half the stuff that's in the the garbage that's in those movies. So it's like we we'd be there saying, "No, that's wrong. You're you can't do that." <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like The Exorcist was a Catholic priest. I mean, like these uh, these Constantine movies is all Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, all through there. Yeah. Um, I, I've kind of wondered the same thing. Yeah. That's weird. Why they why do they use the Catholicism as the representation of Christianity in Hollywood? Well, it's it's. Their idea of demon possession is one thing, and it is not the scriptural thing. Uh, in the book of Acts, in Acts, uh, what was it, 19, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, there there was a, a, a set of seven individuals, uh, the seven sons of, of Sceva, that yeah. uh, they, they went and they said uh, they, they found a demon-possessed man, uh, genuinely possessed by a devil, and they said, we adjure thee by Paul whom – or I mean by Jesus whom Paul preacheth uh, to come out of him. And the, the devil just looked at him and said uh, – uh, Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are ye and then he proceeded to beat them to a pulp and they ran out naked and <laughs> beat up and all that um, yeah uh, that doesn't go over real well in Hollywood movies you know that that, that doesn't end the way they want it to yeah, that, would, that would be a weird movie <laughs> yeah that's for sure so yeah, they have to do the Catholic thing because their their doctrines allow for them to have this big struggle and you know cast out the demon and all this stuff and we don't believe like that. You, know, yeah. you, you, I, you have a demon possession. The person gets saved, and it's taken care of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they don't get saved, and they're stuck with it. <laughs> well, you know, deliverance ministry is a big thing now. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize being practiced widely in the Catholic religion, religion yes. right now. Yes. People don't realize that the, that the majority of people in the world that are talking in tongue are, tongues are Catholic priests. Mm. And uh, and so that's why in 3rd Adam 2, we talked about how that the, the you know, everybody's got to uh, unite around experience. Mm. And that experience is going to be something like that. Yes. So it has to be. Matter of fact, people don't realize this. Um, uh, occasionally, like a like a Roman war movie or something, will will hit on it. But all these pagans, that's all, when they got into some sort of trance. That's what they did. They just mm-hmm. out of their mind, and that's just that's just paganism, historical yes. paganism. And uh, these people that I'm seeing in churches are doing the exact same thing, and and it's because it's the exact same spirit. Yeah, and that's a problem. Yeah. So people don't people don't pay attention yeah. to that. Kind Hinduism of stuff. does it all the time. Uh, I mean, that, yes. that's a big thing in Hinduism. Yes, uh, I mean, and 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 for some reason, I, I I wonder why. But I I used to find videos of of stuff going on inside Hindu temples all the time on YouTube. But mm-hmm. like five years ago, I just, just 
disappeared. Wow. Um, I mean, you could find people offering incense to idols and standing there in front of outside of a temple, and literally they're out of their mind. Their head is flopping yep. around like like you know, like something. Uh, one of those those socks. Uh, things that the, oh, the, you know, the, um, the the body does this, you know? Yeah, with the um, fan in it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just flopping around like that in front of these temples, and I'm thinking, what in the world is that? Um, and but they're they're doing all that kind of yeah, stuff, uh, man. Same as the charismatic movement. It's yeah, same stuff. Yeah, going on is exactly right. And you're right; it is in the Catholic Church too. I'm I'm a former Catholic myself, and um, although I didn't see that specifically, that was the direction they were going is uh, is down the charismatic road. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it, I think that's where the it all goes. Um, Doreen Desir says, "What's your thoughts on Stephen Crowder?" And uh, Stephen Crowder is a conservative uh, talk show host. He's got a big channel on YouTube. I think he's got like twelve million subscribers. Mm-hmm. And um, man, a lot of drama, a lot of drama around Stephen Crowder right now. Um, he's he's basically like a conservative guy, brother Bill. Mm-hmm. You probably don't know who he is, do you? I know the name. I don't. Yeah, I don't watch him. Much. Louder with Crowder. Um, he's going through a nasty divorce right now, and I think his wife just released a video of like um, these people have these ring um, cameras everywhere on the homes, and like him and his wife got in a fight on the back porch. And she released it to the public. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, man, he looked like a dog in that video. He looked terrible. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I'm just like, you know, that's just a, a, a few-minute clip of their entire life. Right. Um, and so it's, it's you can't just, you know, I mean, everybody, I guess, has an ugly moment here mm-hmm. and there, I guess. But, uh, you know, man, it, it, was, it was brutal. And, you know, a lot of people are jumping ship on him over that uh the the feminist crowds coming to his wife's rally mm-hmm. uh but but crowder's made a lot of enemies he's made a lot of enemies um i have i've watched um what's going on with him and learned a lot mm-hmm. I, i've learned a lot about the mistakes he's made um you know i he a lot of people say crowder's like michelle said crowder is crude and he it's true he is off the charts crude mm. um and i i mean i'm like he he's the guy that when ruth bader ginsburg died mm. they put a skeleton in the in the corner with ruth bader ginsburg and every now and then they'd be like what do you think ruth bader ginsburg and they'd show up they, they had like a wire on the skeleton's mouth and they would talk you know and she, like she had just died right okay and it was brutal <laughs> i mean wow. just just insane I'm sure it gets views though. um yeah it gets a lot of views he's got a cult following and people love him um yep. but i think he's i mean on, on second amendment stuff he's pretty good um on um you know in politics in general he's pretty good on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. but man i just conservatism without christ mm. is just another form of tyranny really is what it is um, I, I think conservative, godless capitalism as well, put it, mm-hmm. godless capitalism is, is an enemy of the gospel. Yeah. I think so. And, uh, so, and I think, I think a lot of guys, I mean, I think Bill O'Reilly was that way. Yeah. Um, I think Glenn Beck's that way too. Mm-hmm. I throw him in there. So it's, uh, it's not good what he's going through. I, I really hate it. It, it. Divorces are ugly and whatever. And, um, not good. So. Mm-hmm. Paul Philpot says, Spencer, what do you think about giving the gospel in comic book form? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Chick tracks are great. Yes. And uh, I don't think there's any problem with that. It, it, it would be the it's, – it's not really – when we're talking about Christian horror movies, we're not talking about like 
a movie is bad because mm-hmm. I make movies. Why, why would I get up here and say that movies are bad when I'm sitting here spending every waking moment of my life making one? Yeah. You know, it's not, that's not what I'm saying. Um, the, the, the medium by which it's done is not necessarily good or bad. It's just like when you're making a horror movie and there's no gospel in it, um, then yeah, you're not helping. You're, you're, doing nothing really and that's what we're saying mm-hmm. um so hey randall w just became a member hey man thank you very much yeah buddy thank you very much um so appreciate that what's your position on arise youth camp <laughs> i don't know i don't know which one i've that never is. heard of it <laughs> i don't know which one that is um Rose spencer someone asked about the crucible project <laughs> Seems sketchy, but they wondered if you knew about it. So um, we can look it up real quick. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Cru- the Crucible Project. Let's see here. Um, the Crucible Project. I don't know what that is. Um, I mean, I, I remember growing up, I, I had to read The Crucible. That was about the Salem witch trials, but <laughs> I imagine yeah, I this is different. I don't think this is it. This is it. Um, crucible communities. Um, see if you're ready to challenge of a major heart shifting experience. Mm. Now let's see here. Uh, let's just let's just see what it's about. I don't I don't know. Um, who runs it? That's always a good question. Roy yeah. Wooten. Um, don't know who those people are. I don't know. I had to look it up. Um, Vision and missions. So radical honesty and grace. They use the NIV Bible. Mm. Um, I I really don't know. So we we'll have, we'll have to look it up. So we'll we'll, we'll figure something out. Uh, but yeah, great question though. Let's see here. Let's go to the next one here. Um, Jeff Smith. What about backsliders? Mm-hmm. The reform crowd would say you've never been saved. Or false convert, even after you repent and revival happens in your heart. I don't. I, I guess he's taking a dig at uh, perseverance of the saints, right? Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I will say this: uh, there are many instances of people that are allegedly backsliding that, like he said, they were never truly saved. However, uh, I will say this: it is possible for a believer to get into almost any sin mm-hmm. that an unbeliever can can. And the example that I would give is the example that the Bible gives: Lot. Um, Lot was, he was called just Lot and his righteous soul was vexed by the conversation of the wicked, it says. And yet, uh, if you look at Lot and what he was and what he did, the angels came to Sodom and Gomorrah to pull him and his family out of Sodom. When he went to his family, first of all, what was he doing in Sodom in the first place? Yeah. Uh, he had gone there. First, he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, he's sitting in the gate of Sodom, which is where the, the town's leaders would sit. Um, he was he was not only in the town, but he was probably in its government. And um, yet when he uh, when he got the message that, hey, Sodom is going to be destroyed, he went to his family and it says that he seemed as one that mocked because he had absolutely no testimony whatsoever with Mm. his family. Uh, He uh, ended up um, when they when they said, all right, well, forget everybody else. Just take your wife and take your two daughters and get out of here. Oh, incidentally, when the townspeople wanted to. 
lie with the angels. Mm. Uh, he offered them his two daughters. Uh, and this is a man that the Bible calls just and righteous. Messed up. Um, and then says, okay, get out of the city now, you, your wife, and your daughters. And it said that while they tarried, they, they were taking their time getting out of there, and the angels finally had to just grab them and take them out of the city and deposit sure. them there. And then he argued with them over, oh, well, we can't flee to the mountains. Let, let us just go over to this little town. It's just a little one. It's not that bad. And so finally the angels agreed to it. They they got out there and they saw what happened and of course his wife turns back turns into a pillar of salt mm. and uh after a while he, he started getting worried that oh this town's gonna burn too they ended up going up to the mountain him and his two daughters and his daughters decided oh it's a shame that our dad doesn't have any sons and so they got him drunk and they provided him with sons mm. and uh, all of this from a man that the Bible says was just and his righteous soul was vexed, he was a believer and yet went so far into sin that he could do all those things. Hmm. So to say that backsliding is not a thing and that it, if you're into sin, that clearly shows you've never been, been saved, that's not what the Bible teaches. Yeah, sure, sure. Um yeah, I don't think I could add any more of what you said. You really dealt with it well there. But yeah, I think uh, I think Christian people can sin, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, uh, matter of fact, I, I, our pastor in Georgia said uh, years ago, he said, I think Christians will do things that lost people won't even do. Sometimes. And, That's true. Uh, he said, I don't think David would have done what he did with uh, Uriah had, uh, had he been a heathen king. It's possible. And I, I, I thought, yeah, it's of course, of if he had been a heathen king, he probably just would have taken Uriah out and ex executed him and then taken his wife. <laughs> That's possible. That's very possible. All right, let's go to another question here. Um, that was a good question from Jeff. Um, uh, my wife believes in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. Any verse you know that addresses this? Well, I, mm -hmm. I got one. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, after uh, appointed unto man wants to die. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Appointed. There it is in Hebrews. Yes. Um. Let's see. Here. Hebrews nine, isn't it? Hebrews nine twenty seven. Yep. Mm -hmm. The verse that destroys reincarnation, right there on the screen yes. for you, Jonah. Hebrews nine twenty seven. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So there is no reincarnation. There is the judgment. After yes. you die, so then that that appointed unto men, that means you have an appointment. You have a due date. I have a due date. I have an expiration date. Mm -hmm. The Lord knows it. I don't know it. If I knew it, I'd, I'd probably be. I probably would be good. <laughs> but uh, uh, we all have an appointment, and after that, the judgment. What other verse would you throw out there, Brother Bill? That's exactly the verse I had in mind. Yeah. Um, you know, the, there's other things, too, that uh, the Bible is very clear. Uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for believers. Um, there is no uh, coming back. There is no example of that in Scripture. There is only there's heaven, there's hell, there's judgment, there's uh, death and life. It, it's there's one opportunity in life. Um, and so yeah. the the entire idea of reincarnation actually comes from Eastern mysticism. It comes from mm -hmm. Hinduism. And it was actually a curse. It was because they didn't get it right the last time, so they have to come back and try again. Mm -hmm. uh, so they can, uh, you know, in 
in America, we think, oh, reincarnation, it's wonderful. I'm going to come back as a butterfly. No, 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 no. <laughs> to the Hindu, reincarnation was a curse. They didn't want to come back. They wanted to get it right so they didn't have to come back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Nirvana is, is whenever you got it right, you just you went mm. to the, the, their heaven. Yep. And uh, that's why they, uh, and they, they don't. They don't deal with rats. Rats and cows mm -hmm. are like stuff. I think they they're the ones who did it right, and so they came. They did. They did do it all well, the way. Cows right. are holy. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they, it's a weird religion, man. Yes. So what a bunch of crazy. But yeah, that's what we would give you, Jonah. Thank you for that good question. Praying for your wife on that, and uh, she. Uh, we we pray that she'd hear the gospel and uh, come to know Christ, and that'll be a blessing. So. Um, Philip Thompson says, could you imagine what is happening? Uh, could you explain what's happening to people Kundalini-wise? Hmm. Is it an evil Kundalini spirit or is it emotion? No, it's a spirit. It's a real spirit. Uh, the Kundalini spirit is, is apparently, in, according to Hindu and yoga, is uh, a dormant spirit, serpent spirit, that lies at the base of everybody's spine. And through a Kundalini uh, practices, uh, which is what yoga is, what yoga is yes. a... Uh, uh, physical practice teaching you how to uh, raise the kundalini from your spine. It comes out the top of your head, and you have a kundalini awakening. That is a real spirit. Mm -hmm. it, it is a. It is not a emotional manipulation. It's real, and I think that's uh, something everybody needs to understand. We'll talk about that in third dangerous. Adam four. Is very dangerous. Meg's got a good question, brother Bill. I'm gonna get your thoughts on this. Luke seventeen thirty four. Jesus talked about two men in one bed, and in the middle of the night, one gets taken, the other one's left. Mm. Um, it says, was he talking about gay men? <laughs> okay, that wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say it wasn't. Uh, but but we live in a day now that that's that's floating around on the internet well, somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I know it is. Yeah. Um, um, no. For, yeah. Well, first of all, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> wow. That one caught you, didn't it? <laughs> it did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like at the Last Supper, uh, for instance, when um, uh, John rested on uh, the bosom of the Lord Jesus and everything like that, they, when when they uh, in the culture that they had and everything, uh, when they ate a meal like that, they, they would often lay on these couches and stuff like that. It, it was not a... Um, physical how do i put this um there was nothing intimate about it it wasn't gay <laughs> it wasn't gay it's <laughs> like hugging a brother man you know i mean yeah so, but they, but they try to spin all that and if you got a depraved mind everything's perverted oh yeah oh they and, try and say um, the same thing about uh, david and jonathan yeah that's what i was thinking of yeah they try to say that about them all the time or and, the uh, disciples and jesus they say that too yeah I, i've heard i've heard catholic priests say that about them yeah and uh that's not good at all but i i uh that is a rapture do you believe um, that is the pre-tribulation rapture or a post-tribulation rapture? What I believe on that, if you look at it in context, because all of that is talking about the tribulation period, mm -hmm. and this is coming up to the end of the tribulation period, in my opinion, what I, I don't think it's talking about um, the, the rapture of the the believers uh that we are looking forward to that i think this is talking about going into the uh millennial kingdom that uh those who are uh taken are those that um have 
uh, taking the mark of the beast and all that, that mm. they're, they're taken and uh, they're cast into hell, basically. And then the others that are, are left behind in this case are left behind to go into the millennial reign. Uh, they are believers that enter into that time. Um, that's in, in, in well, in particular, in Matthew 24, he's talking about Luke, and I'd have to look at Luke to make sure that I'm in agreement on that passage. But in, in Matthew, uh, it, it to to take it the other way, there are some issues with it that it doesn't really jive with um, the uh, eschatology, uh, the whole the, the rapture, the, the rapture of the church, if you will. Uh, some people just call it the rapture of believers because um, it's all believers and it's not uh, the church. When the Bible talks about the church, it's talking about local churches. Sure. Um, sure. Well, Tyndall's beard said this. and I agree with him. He says, um, uh, communal sleeping arrangements worked uncommon yeah. in history, especially for men who traveled or worked away from home. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't think that that is talking in any way about uh, immoral relationships. No, no, Not I don't think all. so at all. But, but you know, it really, we we are we're there now where it's uh, <laughs> yeah. some somebody out there has said that. Oh yeah, guaranteed. and uh, people have to ask that question. So, um, man, we got a bunch of good ones right now. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, I'm going to try to get them in order. Please forgive me. Uh, let's see here. All right, here we go. We've got uh, 1 Timothy 4.1. Can you explain that? I'll, I'll just pull it up on the screen here and read okay. it for us. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Uh, we've used that one a lot. Uh, the Spirit speaketh expressly in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines mm -hmm. of devils. Um, I'm going to tell you that... Uh, that's pretty self-explanatory, but if you want a more detailed explanation, you can get into our Third Adam series. Mm. That man, we just we blow it up there uh, on that. So that's really all I would say about that, brother Bill. Yeah. Uh, Levi Patterson has a question. What are your thoughts, uh, views on Bill Delperdane's YouTube page? Is he doctrinally sound? Can we trust him? <laughs> I don't uh, know about that guy. <laughs> yeah, I heard he's a Yankee. That's what I heard. You betcha. So, yeah. Um, okay, here's one. Um, is it okay for a Christian to get EDMR, EMDR therapy for past trauma? What's EMDR? You know, I, I, here's here's what my answer to that. Um, I'm not totally sure what that is. I'd have to look it up. But uh, you know, if you've got um, if you've got mm. trauma, I'm not here to give medical advice. I don't well, want to. I'm wondering if he's talking about uh, medical mar marijuana. Um, yeah, that. Let's see. Let's just just look it up. E. What was it called? EDMR, EMDR, MDR. It's called. Uh, let's see. Here it is. Um, eye muscle eye movement desensitization. Oh. Wow. Therapy mental health technique involves moving your eyes in a specific way while you process process traumatic memories. Um, I don't have an opinion on that. I'm, I'm still, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. I've never heard of it before I, I today. I don't, I don't have an so. opinion on that. And I, I, I uh, I'm just going to leave that one alone for now, but um, I'll pray for you on that. If you let us know, we'll, we'll pray for you. I'm sorry that everybody's got stuff like that going on today. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Spencer, I wanted to let you know your thoughts on, uh, I'd rather have Jesus everyday youth camp. I don't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wish I could, but I, I just don't know anything about it. Send me some info if you want me to. I'll take a look and let you know. Um, let's see. Randall had a question about uh, Christian singer Ann Wilson. She sings, uh, let me tell you about my Jesus. 
Um, yeah, but just, uh, you know, um, a lot of Christian singers, a lot of singers will sing a song about Jesus here and there, mm-hmm. but I don't mean they're Christian. And um, um, Ann Wilson? Not the Ann Wilson from that group Heart back in the 70s. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Um, here's here's one. Um, if the only way to get people saved is through the preaching of the gospel, what's the women's role when it comes to sharing the gospel? Um, let me let me say this. When we say like preaching the gospel, I'm not that, that that's not always talk about something behind the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife has given people the gospel, led people to the Lord, Amen. and uh, and that's you know that's not she's not a preacher. But, you know, women can give the gospel. You know, there was some song, uh, Mary was the first one to give the gospel or something like that. Some Southern gospel song. Some, I think Gaithers did it or something like that. Um, there's nothing. There's an extreme in this. When we say women, women can't be preachers. Women are not mm-hmm. pastors. Some women despair and say, oh, there's nothing for us to do. <laughs> well, that's not that's not. That's not what we're saying at all. That's no. that's not even true. Um, so, you know, there's a lot. I mean, women can hand out tracts. You can deal with people, do a lot of personal work. There's a mm-hmm. lot women can do uh, without being the pastor of the church. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts, Brother Bill? No, absolutely. I mean, I would even go so far as to say, you know, because really witnessing to somebody is technically preaching and um, – that's not what we're saying is women can't preach in that context. In fact, I would say that if a woman wants to have a testimony to a lost man yeah. that uh, she's sharing the gospel with, there's nothing even wrong with that. Sure. Um, now, in situations like that, she needs to be careful about relationship-wise and everything. But if she's like in a working relationship, you know, that she has to work with this person every day, absolutely be a witness to him. Mm. So um, try and share the gospel with them. And you can, if you can lead them to Christ, great. Wonderful. That's great. So, yeah. Amen. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Heather Castor, I ain't heard from Heather in a while, um, uh, wrote a new song for the new Jesus film. Mm. That's who Ann Wilson is. Okay. Ann Wilson is a new person. Let's let's look that up here while we're on the the on the YouTube's with everybody. <laughs> um, let's see here, Wilson. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I, I think I know who this is now. Um, let's see. She wrote a Jesus film, a Jesus Revolution. Here we go. Yeah, that's who that is. It's uh, yeah. She's some young girl. Blonde, some young blonde girl. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Jesus, he's a woody, the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the <way> Jesus. <laughs> Did you hear that? Mm. I'm the way Jesus. <laughs> mm, indeed. Reminded me I'm of a, you. I'm going to play that again. <laughs> Hang on a second. Have you heard about a man named Jesus? He's a woody, the truth. That's I'm, interesting. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, that caught me off. That was not the voice I was expecting coming out of that little blonde girl. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, this is where the live stream gets terrible. <laughs> yeah, these oh. <laughs> oh, my name is Julie. I'm going to play a <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not good. Mm. That's not good at all. Um, Pretty soon we'll have dead koalas and stuff. Maybe we will. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, she, I don't know who she is. I mean, I don't know. That, that was not the voice I was expecting. <laughs> but uh, so we'll, we'll – apparently <laughs> she's got a YouTube channel. She does a lot of Christian music. Mm. And uh, so – Oh boy, that was funny. Well, sorry. I mean, just the fact that it was in the movie Jesus Revolution is a red flag to me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's about all I want to know right <laughs> yeah. there. Um, and that's that's definitely not a good thing. So thanks, Heather, for pointing that out to us. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna go receive all my hate mail now. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, but at least Julia Peters is with me on mm. that one. Um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was not the voice <laughs> I was expecting. Go by that person. So, <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Rosalinda Gazaway has a good question. Okay. What do you think your dead loved ones being around you? Is there spirit or something else? Now I'm gonna be I'm gonna be devil's advocate on this one, brother Bill. Mm-hmm. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, there is a cloud of witnesses. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're gonna get me in trouble. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I think that I've heard that verse preached many times, and I disagree with 99% of the preaching I've heard on that verse. (laughs) You need to take things in context. Context is king. So, all right, let's go over to Hebrews 12. Teach. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing about that girl. I gotta go back to that. Hang on a second. <laughs> All right. While I'm turning, go ahead. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Oh boy. What? Where was that? <laughs> Hebrews twelve one. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking about the, the video. Oh. My name, Jesus. <laughs> Go ahead, Brother Bill. Okay. I'm listening to you now. All right, the context. Uh, the context is this follows Hebrews chapter 11, and that is what leads into this verse. And so it it's the hall of faith. It's all these people of the mostly Old Testament, you know, that uh, it talks about their faith, how great it was, what they accomplished through faith and all that. Mm. And then they read verse one of chapter 12, where it says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And then it goes on. But um So they say, ah, this cloud of witnesses, these are all the people in Hebrews chapter 11. It's all the saints of old, and it's all the people that uh, have died in faith since then. And and they're all watching us. Our loved ones are watching us. Therefore, we should stop sinning because of our testimony to these people in heaven, basically is how it goes. And it's like, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, What it is is these people, um, it says just, it says, wherefore we seeing we also, in other words, in the same way that they were, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. How were they compassed about with a great, great cloud of witnesses? It was the world watching them live out their faith. And you're still laughing because of that song. <laughs> I'm sorry to keep it together, but I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm dying of me. 
I noticed. And you're preaching the Bible, and I judge you. I'm going to measure you myself. You're terrible. <laughs> Just give him something. You're terrible, Spencer. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so the same witnesses, the, those, the world that was observing them and they're observing their faith is the same world that is observing us. And that's what it's talking about there. So we're surrounded by these people who are witnessing our testimony is what it's talking about there. It's not talking about our loved ones that have died. That's why it says that we should uh, set aside um, all those things, the weight that uh, so easily, uh, the sin that so easily besets us, every weight and all this. It, it, we don't set those aside for the people that have gone before. We set those aside for our testimony to this world. So that's what's going on here. And then it goes on in verse two, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's Jesus and he, he goes on, for who, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He died on the cross willingly because he was looking for that, uh, the fact that he was going to save us. And so it's all about us having a testimony for Christ to this lost world that's around us. That's the great cloud of witnesses there. I don't believe it has anything to do with our loved ones that have gone on before. I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> Sometimes people ask me a Bible question. I say, go ask Brother Bill. And whatever he says, that's what I agree with. <laughs> well, bless God. I got to play this one more time. I'm sorry. Here we go. <laughs> no more. I'm sorry. I got to get rid of her. That's just, uh, that's not good. A very good question. I'm glad I was able to set that up. <laughs> I'm sorry I got messed up with that video. Yep. Um, okay, it's it's late and I'm I'm losing it. Um, anyway. Oh boy. Um, Frankie says we need another 24 hour live stream again with lots of pineapple pizza. Indeed. <laughs> you want to do one? Uh, sure. Can we get an accordion for uh, Marilus with it? <laughs> You know, we might need an accordion for Marilus. I think we, we, we do. We might have to do that a little bit <laughs> and uh, just raise a little bit of money. I, I had fun during the 24-hour live stream. Yes. I had a good time. Um, and uh, and I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I still laughing, but <laughs> I had a good time. Um, and, and of course, there's some needs in the Dominican Republic we could try to meet. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dory, terrible. Just, Dory just said this and Bill, Smith, Bill preaching the word of God Spencer died in the background I was, I'm sorry I'm not going to lie I was laughing the whole time Indeed I'm sorry I just, I shouldn't have That's terrible <laughs> <laughs> but it just did you hear though? I know. Just, I'm sorry. This was not. That was. She's probably a nice girl, but I just mm. thought that was, that was not the voice I was expecting. So I was expecting her to sound like Carrie Underwood, but she's got more of an alto voice. So she's doing pretty good for herself, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, okay. What were, what were we even saying? Um, 24 hour live stream. Yes. Y'all, let me know if y'all want to do one. <laughs> um, what were you saying about that? About 24 hour live stream. Yeah. Or? Um, Were you saying no, I, say, I think it's a great, great idea. I'm, 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 I, I mentioned getting accordion for uh, Marilus. So. Yeah, good. Yeah, we might need to do that. And uh, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
work. Uh, yes, he Ramos said you had me laughing. Spits story. Yeah, sometimes it just happens. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I get tickled and I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Ghost bartender needs to cut you off, Spencer. <laughs> I'm gonna turn the air on. I'm getting hot. <laughs> Sorry. Now he's snorting too. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just, I can't. Um, Fiona Yar says twenty-four hour. Yeah, maybe we can do one. I, I, I think I'd like to do one probably in June. Okay. And uh, maybe we can do that, guys. I, I got to release third Adam four. Um, mm-hmm. really, what, what's the date today? We're in May first. Yes. Um, honestly, it, it should come out this month. I, uh, um, it's not good here. Um, let's see here. I'm getting text messages from people. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll see. Okay. Third Adam Four coming out hopefully this month. Uh, I got to get my book done too. I, I promised that for January. Dave and Jerry Smith just sent me something. They, okay, it, uh, they uh, they were used as an example in church. Forty nine twenty five is what it says here. I don't know what this well, is about. Again, Jesus is smart. So he did what most of us need sometimes. He, Jesus tells him a story to help him understand the picture. Who's that guy? I love stories. How many love stories? Well, then tonight I need some help here. Mm. Would I be able to have a volunteer? Someone who oh, boy. So you can just kind of, and we're going to look at as a trek. So not very far. I'm going to have to look that up. Sorry, I wasted everybody's time. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm not. I just want to, I'm going to have to look that up here in a little bit. Okay. Um... I, I done got foggy. Um, can we have can we have for a third item four premiere? I think I want to do two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but third item four, brother Bill, when we get off here, I'm gonna show you some stuff. For third item four, it is insane. Okay, um, it is wild. Um, so, but everybody's saying they would love another 24 hour live stream. Yeah, amen. I just gotta Let's find do it. a better chair. <laughs> Y'all pray. I can't find chairs that are good for me. I don't know what it is with me. I think I'm just broken. You're old, but uh, I just I don't know. I, I'll tell you what I'm what, says the guy that's much older than you. <laughs> yeah. All right, Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, no. I, the problem is, is I man, I've been sitting here every day for the past several days doing third out of four and my body is oh, so yeah. sick of sitting i yeah. just i just i'm tired of it i that's why i have a stand-up desk over there so i can stand up and work yeah and um it's a lot of work man but amy lynn williams says uh, i'm off for the 24-hour live stream awesome drive home with this live stream with you and bill thank you <laughs> always a blessing praise the lord that's Amen. fun that's fun and uh levi says 24-hour let's do it you're not invited <laughs> no, I'm just, just kidding. So poor Levi. Um, yeah, I'm just kidding. He's the butt of many of our jokes. <laughs> yeah, he is. All right, here's a good question for you, brother Bill. I'm gonna get your take on this. Okay. Uh, Abraham Accord, the same thing as a peace treaty that's supposed to be signed by the Antichrist. No, but it is a precursor to it. And well, I would even go so far because I, um, I know Dr. Hiltabittle's teaching on the uh, on not the. Abraham Accords, but the uh, the peace treaty. Um, he believes, and I don't disagree with him, that it is actually a confirmation of the Abrahamic covenant that the Antichrist is going to 
uh, say yes this land belongs to <laughs> the descendants of Abraham yeah. and, uh, and I believe that that is a, it's talking about the covenant so it's not just any peace treaty it is specifically referring to the covenant with Abraham in the Bible I believe and um, so this is a precursor to it it is a lead-in to it but it is not the actual uh, peace treaty first of all the, the peace treaty that uh, he's referring to is signed by the Antichrist, marking the beginning of the tribulation period. Uh, so it's when when that is agreed to, when that happens, that's the that's day one on tribulation. So 